Where do you go to find authenticity and truth? Nobody wants to talk about the skeletons in their closet, the nitty gritty, or the failures, all of which I believe are the most important parts of anybody's story of success. This is a place where we say what nobody else is saying. Truth with Tara, welcome to the fold. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Truth with Tara. Today, I am very excited to introduce Mr. James Connor. James happens to be one of the producers I have been so blessed to find and work with um, on some of my upcoming projects. Um, and I just fell in love with this guy, not just with his talent, but with his work ethic, with his heart and with his mission for music. And so um, I'm going to just pretend like you know nothing about him because you don't. And I'm going to ask James to sort of introduce himself and kind of let us know, let all the terabytes who are watching this know who you are, where you came from and how you got started in this crazy, awesome thing called the music industry. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, thanks so much, Tara. Um, I'm really excited to be here. Um, like she said, my name is James. I've been a producer uh, working in the music industry for about 10 years, 10 to 12 years. Um, I'm based in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, um, and uh, really have been amazed by uh, the talent here in this area. But I also get the great pleasure of working in the industry town, of course, Nashville, New York, and Los Angeles. Um, and then with our wonderful Tara here in Florida. And um, I'm really passionate about something very specifically when it comes to music and what I feel my mission is in music. Um, and that's to bring uh, hope-filled stories into popular music. And so my primary genre is pop and um, all things around pop, because pop isn't a genre, right? It's a uh, agreed upon, we like this music. <laughs> and, uh, and so often I see um, just music and songs and uh, producers or artists uh, forced into a factory mentality of, of what's meant to sell and what's meant to work. And, and sometimes those themes are pretty dark and can be, uh, unfortunately kind of twisted sometimes and and my excitement comes from giving the listener an alternative to that and 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 putting out music that's just as incredibly um, forward-thinking and and inspired but uh, is intentional that the lyric is a vehicle to people's hearts and minds and what we put inside of those lyrics that being as intentional as anything else. So um, does that kind of, does that kind of give the good intro? <laughs> you're, just, you're just speaking my love language in every musical possible sense of the word, James. And, and that's why I knew like guys, when I, you know, I was referred to James by someone who I do trust, but I, I have never been to Oklahoma city prior to meeting James. And I, I flew up there to meet him because of what he just said. I mean, I just, 
you know, my, my mission these days as of early last year is to create sonically undeniable music that is also life-giving because there is so much music out there that is sonically undeniably good, but is literally just creating and causing slow deaths within us, within the choices we make um, in society, within personal choices, um, just even in our own bodies and our own choices um, within our ourselves and our families. And so when James said what he said, you know, in so many words to me, I was like, you're my musical producer soulmate. <laughs> we have the same mission. Let's yeah. run it together. So yeah, I just love his heart guys. And, and, um, and you know, what's so great about James and it's unique is that his talent is just as paralleled in skill set level as his heart is for the purity side of it. And, and I just love how one isn't more than the other. They are equal of importance and and equal in um in skill and performance level so i just i just love and appreciate that about you james how did you get started anyway like what what was your first aha moment like i'm gonna do this i was incredibly fortunate to know that i wanted to do this very very early like in 11 years old wow. uh, and i was also in a jackpot scenario with parents that would support it Wow. Um, and that and that was a, an incredible thing. But I grew up a pastor's kid um, where it was very pretty Midwestern, typical Baptist pastor family. We lived in a parsonage and my mom played piano at the church. And wow. so that was that was literally my earliest memories was in music and then around it, hearing my mom practice for Sunday morning and. Um, then singing and choirs and things like that. Um, and so the sweet woman that she is, she tried to get me to learn piano and I was having none of that. Wow. I would, so even at four years old, I was like, I know better than you, mom. Oh, so I just, I was a pretty stubborn kid, but I loved, I did love music. And I guess my thing is I needed to choose something for me. I didn't want to play my mom's instrument. So I, mm -hmm. I chose drums, Okay. And, uh, which is exactly the wrong choice for a <laughs> pastor's kid at a Baptist church. For real. <laughs> and um, it was really, really, really fun to have something that was just mine and, and something that no one else I, I knew, at least around me at the time, was doing. And I was probably six, seven, eight-ish starting that journey, saving up allowances and extra little chore money. And I finally bought a little drum pad and, you know, fast forwarding, I, I started taking music seriously for me and, and started learning notation and pursuing percussion side of a classical ensembles. As we moved, I started joining bands in middle school, okay. um, but I pretty much found out very quickly that school was a giant waste of my time. Oof. Preach. And, uh, and I, and I, I really was that kid who was getting done with his work and, and, and annoying everyone else because I had all this energy and nowhere to put it. Yeah. Uh, and so I literally had a desk with my name on it in the principal's office and I would just take myself to the principal's <laughs> office and hang out with the principal uh, so that the other kids could have some semblance of a undistracted education. Oh my it, was God. A, it was an amazing time. But uh, by the time I was done with middle school, I, I, I was like, you know what? Enough of this. So I drafted a plan for my own education and a budget. And I 
I wrote out all the courses and everything I'd need and partnered with my dad and said, hey, can I be homeschooled? I'll, I'll be self-directed. I'll, I'll hit all the benchmarks. Help me know what to hit and I'll hit it. But I'll use all my free time and I'll mow some lawns and I'll do some snow shoveling. And I want to save up dad to buy studio equipment. Wow. And, and thank God my dad said yes, you know. He said, I'll let you do that. I'll let you be self-directed, which was the greatest gift he could have given me. Yes. Uh, and through that process, I learned how to learn. Instead of learning um, information, I was learning how to gather it. And yes. it was really a powerful empowerment to the rest of my journey, which ended up being, okay, buying some notation software. Dad, I hear these songs and these string parts and these things in my head. He's like, really? Can you show me? And so I'd sit down on the piano and he's like, okay, well, I'll give you some money to buy this notation software, which turned into, okay, I'll help you buy some microphones and, and, and started just collecting uh, songs. I, I started like a lot of producers do with ideas for songs and no way to capture them. Mm. And so that really drove me forward into learning how to play and accomplish different sounds and instruments. Okay, now I want to pick up guitar. Now I want to dive back in. Mom, I think you were onto something with this piano thing. <laughs> uh, maybe you could allow me to take some lessons from you. Oh, um, so it just was a, a really supported journey all the way through. Um, by the time I was done with high school, I was also done with college. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. So then I, I took a year at a, at a school in Winfield, Kansas, that would allow me to conduct and compose for the South Kansas Symphony. Oh, which wow. was really, really exciting. And so I had some pieces that I was working on and I got a chance to play them and uh, perform them with this orchestra. How cool. So they, they performed what you wrote and you conducted them performing it. Yeah, on a couple of occasions. Yeah. That's amazing. It was really, really, really cool. Um, and uh, I, they were like, hey, you're going to have to take all these other classes for a degree. And I was like, screw that. I'm out of here. I got one. <laughs> Um, and I literally the next year started working full time as a music producer in a little apartment of my own. Wow. And it, it, it's been an amazing journey. I've literally gone through everything in my whole life, burning down an apartment fire that consumed an entire apartment complex. Wow. I've been homeless. I've sold blood to, to buy food. Oh but now uh, here on the other side, I could could not be more thankful and just filled with gratitude for the amazing state of my life to be able to do full-time music and work with such amazing artists and talents and songwriters and so full circle here here we are and talking and this has been an amazing journey it's amazing james so for for our our listeners you know, those of you guys who are singers or producer hopefuls, or, you know, you are even just, you know, fans of mine who, who want to hear more in-depth content, I want you to really pay attention to some key things that James said here for your own edification, regardless of your walk of life or, or your goals that you have for yourself personally or career-wise. I, I hear some common 
common threads of excellence and greatness in James's story. And one is that he knew what he wanted at, a, at an early age and it never changed. And, and that's something that maybe as an adult, you can't say for yourself like, oh, well, I didn't know until I was a teenager. I still don't know, frankly. And, and that is a huge leg up, but I want you to know that it doesn't have to be that way for you to succeed. You still can move forward in diligence and, and finalize that thing now. So it, it's never too late, but it is really cool. And, that, and that's the same story for me too, by the way, James, I knew that I was gonna be a singer since I was three, it never changed. But one thing too, that really stuck out to me about your story, aside from that you knew, Yes, you did have a support system. That's also super important. And guys, if you don't have a family that supports you, then get some good friends. Get some good friends who will sit and dream with you and pontificate with you and, and push you when you're starting to slack off a little bit. It does not have to be blood. You know, you can choose your family in that way. But that's awesome, James, that you had um, a family that supported you. And I, what I really love about your story it, and this is, by the way, guys, the first time I'm hearing this part of James's story, so I'm learning right <laughs> along with you. Um, but what I really love about your story, James, is how you said, and I so felt this way, I resonate with this, you, you were like, school was the biggest waste of my time. And you had a desk in the principal's office. And that is hilarious, but also really true and really sad. And I know that there's there are listeners out there who are thinking, that's totally me or that's my kid, you know? And and what a sad thing. And I ended up being homeschooled too, because I it was just I couldn't rationalize that why I was sitting there doing things I knew I would never use. And it really <laughs> ticked me off all yeah. throughout school, you know? Um, so I loved that you took the initiative. I, I heard calling, I heard consistency. I also heard initiative in your story. Like, hey, I'm not gonna ask my parents, wait for my parents to notice this. I'm going to ask them, like, I wanna learn this, you know, let me take my free time and redeem my time. And that that goes back to, hey, you don't have to know you're calling at an early age. You can redeem your time now. You can be consistent and diligent and a self-starter now. And then going to college, you know, I love how, I just love how, you know, as you get older, you can kind of get caught up in a drift of like looking good and, and needing to have something under your belt. And like, when you go to college, the whole point is to get that degree, right? But I love how you were like, yeah, I got what I needed from you, I'm out. So like, I don't care. <laughs> and to be completely honest, if it weren't for my mother and her dream of watching me walk down the aisle, I totally would have dropped out of college because it was such a waste of my time. I was skipping classes to go in a recording studio and learn how to produce myself so that I could yeah. demo out my songs. Like that was me. And, and a teacher, kind of like your parents, was generous enough to let me skip his classes and go and help me set up the studio, you know? Thank you, Mr. Thompson, Dr. Thompson. I, I'm shouting you out right now. I've not forgotten about you, you know, yeah. Atlantic University. So, so guys, listeners, like there, there is this through line of, of diligence, of self-starting, of, of a knowing, a knowing beyond the shadow of a doubt, like this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to redeem any amount of free time and save and mow lawns and shovel snow in order to, get to where I want to be, even sell blood I did here. <laughs> we're extreme, we're not endorsing that, but hey, you got to do what you got to do. So right. fast forward to today, James, um, I know you've, I know you've worked with some, some pretty cool people. I know that you've helped with, uh, with some pretty notable um, bigger churches and their production as well. And you play a lot of instruments now. So what have, what have, what are some really kind of maybe even like a funny story, like what you think you know, but what you didn't know about this was this. And where do you see yourself heading? Like what's your five, 10 years down the road from now? 
Okay, awesome. Um, yeah, I, I think, man, something funny that you don't expect. Um, I don't know if I expected the amount of people, I don't know if it's funny, but I don't know if I expected the amount of people that, that couldn't fathom that that was an option to like, to really do it. Like not to kind of do it and have a job or go through school and be a part-time accountant, but also do music on the side. But like, really, that's all you do? And then the amount of people who like made it their personal mission to convince me otherwise. Uh, yes, there are those. I was just like, why do you care so much, you know? <laughs> and and I think I think what I realized is is some people for their whole lives have grown up being told a narrative about what success is and they feel that it is caring to kill this incorrect assumption you have of what success is so that you can go actually be successful. And how, how sad that is. And, and I think what's funny now coming on the other side of it is now how many people who say exactly the opposite, how can I get where you are? Mm -hmm. You know, those are the same people who are now asking, I, I, this is what I want, you have something I want, who are now, full circle from where they were saying, oh, you should never do this. You should get a real job. You should blah, blah, blah. Um, which just shows me that what success is really is, is a place in your heart. It's freedom. It's happiness. It's joy. It has nothing to do with something you can put into a calculator. Yeah. It's everything to do with your ability to express your unique creation, who you're made to be. Um, and I think that's really what producing is more than anything. It's, it's getting in touch with people's emotions and feelings and their dreams and their hopes and their fears and their anxieties and, and maybe finding a way to be truly authentic with those things in the form of music. And there's so many great art forms in which you can express emotionally. But I love music mm. because it just goes straight to that place. When you hear it, it doesn't ask permission. It just goes straight in and makes you feel something. And um, so it's in a powerful medium for communicating honesty and authenticity and this sense of hope that people have. I want this. Well, you have something that I want. You know, that's a common feeling. And working as a producer, it's like, how do we turn that feeling into a sound or, mm -hmm. into, a, or into a melody? That's so good. And, and, I'm, and I'm really, really personally passionate about taking someone else's dream and someone else's vision and causing that to be a reality in some way. And that's why I love this role because I don't have to be out in front of the scenes. I can be just as equally valuable, but don't have to be in that rat race. Um, and, and, I, and I really, really, really enjoy it. And, and I found a lot of true joy from being able to help other people connect to joy and in that way and connect to joy that's great i want to touch on something you said about like you know when when you when you found that spot you know you knew that you were in your in, in your place right but that like there were a lot of people that were telling you almost making it their job to convince you otherwise was mm -hmm. perhaps and i'm just i'm just putting myself in that person's shoes perhaps they really wanted to do something and and they stacked themselves up against other people who were doing it and they found themselves wanting and, and was there ever 
a time where maybe you analyzed your skill as you were coming up and you knew this desire was birthed in your heart. You knew that this was what you really, really wanted to do, what fed your soul. But was there a time when you took that desire and also then compared it to your skill level with others and said, oh yeah, yeah, like I'm actually really good at this. Was there a moment where you confirmed the, the possibility or probability of you moving forward, logistically speaking, with skill? Hmm, that's, that's a really good question. Um, I think a lot of times when producers are learning their craft in the early stages, the comparison game is kind of death in a sense that it can almost be paralyzing to even start when you see how good other people are. And there's a part of, of you that has to shut that out completely and almost stop asking that question because everyone needs some sort of sense of justification. You know, how are you going to do this? How are you going to pay? How are you blah, 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 blah. And unfortunately, at the beginning, there's not a lot of answers to those questions. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it just takes this grit and tenacity to believe that even if you're not as good as someone else, you're still supposed to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think there is this sense of dogged or maybe misguided sense of, of I'm just going to do it, I don't care, that you have to kind of have um, to, to kind of make it past that, that wave. You know, if you're standing on the shore and you're trying to get out into open sea, there is that crazy crest you have to get past on this little tiny boat you've constructed for yourself. And all of those waves are saying you can't, you're not good enough, you need a plan, blah, blah, blah. And you just kind of have to paddle even harder to just get over it. But what's amazing is once you do, it's really kind of smooth sailing for a bit. It's so and, and there is that moment of, wow, you look back and you see, oh, I can kind of do this, huh? Mm-hmm. I think it's in hindsight that you see your ability better. Wow. Um, in and I, and I, think, I think that's a good, actually healthy place to be because if you're seeing your skill in the rearview mirror and not in you know, the, through the windshield, through the dash, um, you're not going to be so intimidated. And you're, but you're still going to have this sense of, I'm growing, I'm learning, I'm going the right direction. Mm. Uh, I love that. And I, I, I just, for me, I, I would just encourage everyone who's out there who's, who might be stuck in a comparison game, who might feel this need to validate their skill. I would say that there's a great joy in the journey that you might miss if you're so focused on the destination. And there is a, there is a, so much to be had in, in fulfillment before you're there yet, before the skills there, before you can point to a, 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 a credit or an accolade. Um, that's super important to lean into. Don't be afraid to just be on the journey one step at a time, you know? And that's exactly why James is on the podcast today, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) You're just so amazing, James. I absolutely love your heart. Guys, we're going to get into more about James, more about what we're doing together and more about what James sees for the future of music and in particular his role in the future of music in the next podcast episode. So make sure you stay tuned next week for part two of this interview with my amazing friend and amazing producer, James Conner. Thanks so much for tuning in today, guys. I love you and I am proud of you and we will catch you on the next one.
Thanks so much for listening to Truth with Tara. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like me to cover in future podcast episodes, don't hesitate to email info at tarasimonstudios.com. Yeah, I know that you don't gotta look far to get to my bleeding heart.